comes the warrior, I charge you to be brave. In the name of the Father, I charge you to be just. In the name of the Mother, I charge you to defend the innocent. Arise, Brienne of Tarth, a knight of the Seven Kingdoms. Hello and welcome to the Shattered Order Game of Thrones review for Season 8, Episode 2, um, A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms. Uh, very, very solid episode here. Um, th- this was Brienne's episode, it really seemed like. I mean, as far as... Uh, the part of her getting knighted, which was probably the best scene so far this season. Uh, there were a lot of really great scenes in this in this episode, kind of setting up for what we expect to be the big battle between, you know, them and the Night King and the White Walkers and all that stuff, and the death and carnage that's going to come, which we don't even want to think about yet. We'll worry about that next week. But uh, first, just start out from the very beginning so episode one kind of left us with jamie lannister showing up and seeing bran and the beginning of this episode of course is kind of his sentencing where he's brought before danny and john and and sansa to kind of plead his case and we have that moment where where danny's talking about you know all the things that uh, you know, her family's discussed that they would do to the person that murdered their father and, uh, you know, all of just that whole thing with her wanting revenge, but also um, Tyrion coming in and trying to plead for Jamie, and, of course, Danny not buying it because they're brothers and the awful advice that Tyrion you know, has been giving, especially in relation to Cersei. She's having trouble trusting him, which is understandable. And then we get to the point where Brienne sticks up for him. And this is, you know, a really important scene, you know, as far as, uh, you know, that's just who Brienne is. And that's why the knighting of her was so great. Um, so so she stands up to defend Jamie, someone who had defended her in the past and, you know, that she has that connection with. And she uses that along with Sansa's trust for her, uh, you know, to kind of put her stamp on Jamie to let everyone know that he's safe and that he's not going to do anything and that he's a good man. And of course, Danny's not buying it, but, um, you know, based on all this, Sansa and John both agree and uh, agree to let him stay. Uh, definitely does not seem that Danny is too happy about it, but, um, they put her in a position where she really didn't have a choice when they kind of teamed up against her, given that it is Winterfell, it is the North, it is the Stark house. It's She couldn't really say no in that position and keep everyone there happy, obviously. So she kind of swallowed her pride and 
you know, let Grey Worm hand his weapon back to him and, you know, kind of that that was that. And, you know, we have a we see a lot of these scenes where where we have, you know, characters kind of the the past really being brought back. I mean, whenever you think about Brienne and Jamie, you think about the past and the history that they went through and him losing his hand and all of that. I mean, this episode was so sentimental as far as that goes and taking us back into the past. And uh, so we'll just keep going with Brienne. And I mean, her getting knighted was just awesome. Uh, that was easily my favorite, favorite scene. Um, the whole scene where they're around the fire is just great with <laughs> Tormund and his story about the, uh, you know, the giant uh, getting in bed with the giant's wife. And that's why, you know, the drinking the breast milk and all just this ridiculous story, which was absolutely hysterical. And, uh, you know, him trying try about as hard as he can to win over Brienne is just not really working. Very funny stuff. Um just the whole interaction there with everybody is, you know, a really great scene. It, there wasn't much action. No one died at all in this episode. I think there's only been four or five other episodes of Game of Thrones out of, what, 69 now that no one's died. But it th- they really cleared the air for a lot of these characters. And there was no character deserving of something more than Brienne was deserving of being knighted you know she's the most loyal and um i mean i can't really think of another good word just loyal and obviously being very deserving of being knighted and with Tormund, you know he he's surprised that she's not a knight and then you know jamie's you know comes up and is like you know a knight can night another person and Brienne's very hesitant because not that she doesn't want to be knighted it's just it was like the scene that they had earlier where she was surprised that you know Jamie had talked to her for so long without making an insult to her you know she's got this kind of got the guard up she's kind of self-conscious and just really hesitant to trust someone that they're going to do, you know, something nice for her or something along those lines. And, um, you know, whenever Jamie says that he would be honored to serve under her, under that left flank, you know, she's, she doesn't really know what to say. And then we get to this other scene where he really shows what he thinks of her and, and just everything they've been through all came down to, you know, him knighting her, which was such an honor for her. And then the acting was just absolutely fantastic. You know, the joy that you see on Brienne's face, like, as an audience watching it, to feel her and be so excited for her, for the character in that moment was absolutely awesome. Um they absolutely nailed that scene. It was great. Um, so, uh, let's see. 
one other thing about the sentencing that I didn't really talk about was Bran and you know his comment to Jamie about what we do for love and obviously being a throwback to when he pushed him out of the window and kind of caused Bran to be Bran and then so we have the scene where Jamie goes into the weirwood forest and or to the weirwood tree and um you know to confront Bran and is just so apologetic and you know based on everything Bran's been through he's kind of become this very just um unemotional person in any way in which he's just kind of like well you know we wouldn't be here if it weren't for that and I feel like we keep seeing the same sort of thing it's like you know we wouldn't be here if it weren't for this and it's um I have a theory on Bran, which might be totally crazy. I'm not sure, but based on the fact that he he seems so sure, so confident about everything that's going to happen, um, I kind of think I partially discussed this in our episode one review. And my theory as far as Bran being um, possibly influenced by a future version of himself because he seems to know a lot about what's going to happen, how things happened, what you know, what events might change. Um, whenever he said to Jamie, you know, whenever he mentioned to Jamie that, uh, you know, had you not pushed me out of that window, you'd still be the same person, and I would still be Brandon Stark, and you know, that's one of those defining moments. And we've seen times in the past where Bran you know uh can go back and look at the past and you know kind of saying something actually affects the way things lay out so that's kind of my theory on bran is that you know his future self of bran is influencing to help hopefully make sure they can take out the night king we'll see um so this interaction between Bran and Jamie, um, you know, it's the first time they'd, you know, <laughs> spoken since being pushed out of the window and all of that. And, um, you know, Bran's just very forgiving. And you can see the honesty in Jamie in which he's a truly changed person from what he used to be. Um, you know, just everything he's been through has led him, you know, to being here. And then the scene with him and Tyrion talking about how they're father what their father would think of them being there to defend winterfell and all of that um very very good stuff so uh we'll move on to aria and she she goes to confront gendry and wondering where her weapon's at and you know gendry's like well you know i've got all these thousands of other weapons that i need to build and all this sort of stuff and you know, he's talking about um, your Arya asked him about what's like fighting the White Walkers or the Whites, and it's like it's it's like death. And Arya's like, you know, death has many faces, and then you kind of start to see her kind of assassin that assassiny um, confidence, almost arrogance. 
from Arya, and <laughs> she picks up the dragon glass and throws it into the pole, um, damn near scaring the hell out of the guy right there. And then uh, Gendry's like, what the hell's going on? And then she picks up another one, throws it. She throws three of them, all hitting right there on her mark. And Gendry's like, okay, I'll make your weapon. You know, um, they used to have such a history, but Gendry hadn't seen what Arya had actually become. And, you know, just still trying to protect her. He was, you know, he was intentionally not making that weapon for her. Um, but after seeing, you know, um, what she has become or getting an idea of it, he kind of realized, you know, I better make this for her. So then we get, you know, there's the scene later where he comes to her with the weapon and Arya is kind of starts questioning him and Gendry's kind of being a little evasive. You're not really sure what's going on. And I'll be honest, I did not think that this scene was going where it was going. It's been speculated. I mean, it wasn't like we didn't see the potential, but... I I mean, it's an HBO series. We we should have expected it. But, um, so Arya ends up kind of seducing, seducing Gendry and, you know, asking him about all his... Uh, sexual encounters, you know, with, say, the Red Woman and all the ladies in the King's Landing and all this sort of stuff, and come to find out, you know, he'd only been with three women, and she's kind of like, doesn't really have much to say about that. She seems a little surprised, and then, um, you know, hell, they just start making out and get after it, and then you have the scene where you kind of see Arya and the scars and, you know, just kind of another reminder of what she's been through. And you see Gendry see that as well, um, you know, just kind of realizing that she's not a kid anymore. You know, she is she is an adult who can obviously handle herself. Um, so moving on to the some of the stuff with Danny and Sansa. So... Danny goes to talk to Sansa and, you know, because uh, Jorah had come and talked to her about how Tyrion was, you know, she needed to keep Tyrion around because she was losing faith in him and mentions he learns from his mistakes. And then they get to Sansa and talks her into going to talk to Sansa. So they're in there talking and it's a little standoffish at first, but then as they start talking, you start to see the connections that they have. Cause there's, you know, there are so few women house leaders, uh, the really powerful women. And they start talking about, you know, uh, people serving under them and all of that. And just how much they have in common yet, it seems like they're always at odds with each other. And, and so, um, that conversation kind of keeps going until Sansa asks, what about the North? What's going to happen when you take over the throne? And, 
and Danny can't really answer. And fortunately for her, she kind of gets bailed out. But, you know, this is a big question. I mean, because they said they're never going to bow to another king or queen. So the, they have this mission that they're on together. But at what point does that break apart? Because Sansa doesn't want to serve if, you know, they're able to defeat the Night King you know, what does Sansa and the North do, you know, as far as helping her take over her throne if they're not if they're not going to be free from her if they want to be? And, you know, that's always been the thing with the Unsullied is they're not forced to serve Danny. They chose to because of what she did for them. And Danny's kind of changed in which... She, she feels like she has to rule. She wants that. Getting a little power hungry, maybe starting to see a little mad queen-esque um, personality traits coming from her. So we'll see where that goes, of course. Um, but the most interesting scene that I haven't touched yet was a scene that just had a couple lines and then there was nothing else about it. And I'm trying to figure out like what, what the hell Tyrion sits down with Bran and asks him what his purpose is. And that's it. We get nothing else, nothing else. This, I mean, this is the thing that we've been wondering about for so long. Like what is the deal with Bran? What, why is the three eyed Raven? There, what you know, what's his purpose? What is he serving? Who is he serving? What's his end goal? All of this, and we get nothing. Um, I hope we see more of this in the next episode later this season because I, I mean, I want to know what the deal is with Bran, what the deal is with the Night King, what the connection is between the two. Um, I mean, I really hope they answer that question. I don't know if they will. We'll see. But, I mean, it feels pretty important. This scene uh, had to be a setup for something, right? I mean, other than the battle plans with Bran talking about how the Night King's coming for him because he's the history of men and all of that. Like, he wants to wipe out history and... I mean, I could see that, but oh, I I don't know. I, I'm I am antsy to see what happens next week. Um, like I said, I hope they dig back into this at some point and see that they'll dig more into Bran and what his deal is and. You know, kind of what he's able to do, because we don't fully understand, you know, the powers there and everything. So this is the one conversation that I wanted to get finished, that I wanted to hear more of, because I'm just obviously extremely curious, like I'm sure everyone else is. Um, so uh, I don't know about you guys, but I am super ready for episode three, which, of course, we will be discussing this week and seeing who dies and 
what happens with the Night King, um, see how Winterfell's able to hold up. Um, I'm sure we're going to lose some people that we have grown to care about so much over this time because this felt like this episode felt like a farewell to so many characters. All right, guys. Well, that is going to be it for this recap of episode two, Game of Thrones. And uh, we'll be back next week for season eight, episode number three. Catch you guys later.